Welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. On this episode of Water with Lemon, I'm chatting with Marissa Martinez on the topic of friendship. Marissa was one of my mentors in college, and we talked about friendship a whole lot, and so I am excited to uh, share with you guys the wealth of her wisdom when it comes to talking about how to navigate friendships, and she's a fellow 20-something just like us, and uh, just a little further along in that journey, and man, she has got some good words for y'all today. So be refreshed, my people. Hey, Marissa. Hi, Emma. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be so fun. I'm so proud of you. It's just like old times, you know, sitting, us two, having good conversation. Yes. Can't wait. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looks like for you these days. Okay. So I am 27 and I'm single and I live in Bryan College Station and I do college ministry, which is really fun. So I work for a church called Declaration and get to do college ministry there. And I currently like live in the middle of the historic district which is like where all the college students live and that's really fun and also working on my MDiv at Southern Seminary right now online which has just been a fun but long like slow trek um Mm. but we're doing it um slowly but surely and I just recently decided to become a better beauty advocate with beauty counter so I'm like a consultant for them now and so that's been a really fun thing and um yeah that's kind of a little bit about me and what I'm doing these days I love you know that you've moved to an area where all the college kids are right but that could be such a cool ministry for you to be in that area yeah it is like really really special to get to just live in the middle of where you are doing ministry and where your people are and um this house has just been a wild and crazy gift from the Lord, and I love it so much. So I'm thankful for, thankful to be here in this season for sure. Good. I love that. So today I would love to talk with you about the topic of friendship. This is something that you and I have talked a lot about for sure. Uh, and so I, I thought that you'd be great to just speak over girls our age and what you've experienced and just your wisdom And, you know, when I first started thinking about uh, just what specifically to talk about with friendship with you, I remember you giving me um, some really good insight um, when we would sit um, and talk about this in college of just what it looks like to have healthy expectations of people, uh, because that's the root of a lot of problems in friendships, right? Is just having some unrealistic expectations. So uh, could you just share with us a little bit about, you know, what expectations are of friends and how it can be harmful to have those expectations? Yeah, I think um, I'm excited to talk about friendship. That's, I think, something that for sure you and I have spent a lot of time talking about, but I also just think that I have learned so much about the Lord through my friends and like they have been such a tangible picture of the Lord's love. And so I just really love this topic a whole lot. 
Yeah. So I think expectations are really important to think about in friendship because I think that that's where a lot of um, conflict or strife or miscommunication or disappointment can come from. And so I think that it's important for us in figuring out what does it look like to be a good friend to other people and how to assess our friendships in general to really think through expectations. And I've spent the last like year and a half really spending a lot of time reading the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And they talk a lot about expectations in there as well. And they kind of have this little checklist for expectations. So they talk about how expectations need to be conscious expectations need to be conscious, realistic, spoken, and agreed upon. Hmm. And so if, if all of those things are present and we've really communicated how we feel or what we need or what we're expecting, and then those, then that doesn't happen, then that's like where, you know, it's okay to be disappointed. Um, But I think it's oftentimes we get into this we experience disappointment or frustration or conflict with friends when we haven't really communicated what we're expecting. We kind of just assume that everybody should just, they should just know, they should Mm -hmm. just know how to be a good friend. They should just know that I needed them to call me when that thing happened, or they should just know (laughs) that I was expecting to hang out with them on Friday night. Why did they make other plans? But we should not just assume that they should just know. Um, they talk about yeah. in, in that book, um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, that like expectation or common sense isn't that common. Um, and so we shouldn't mm-hmm. just assume that everybody just knows all the time. And so what does it look like for us to be clear communicators that recognize, okay, what am I expecting in this situation? What am I expecting of this friend? Have I, like, am I even aware of it? Is it conscious? Mm -hmm. Have I communicated it to them? Is it spoken? Is it a realistic expectation? Is it realistic for me to, to want them to be present at that thing or to, um, show up on time or, um, whatever. Is it realistic? And then last but not least, is it agreed upon? And mm. I think that that's the, the big piece, the agreed upon piece, where if it, if it hasn't been agreed upon, then technically it's not, a real, like it's not a valid expectation because that person was never agreed that they were going to be there at that time mm-hmm. or, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever the thing is. And so I think that um, a great place to start when, when looking at friendship is, is evaluating our own expectations and seeing, Hey, have we, have I kind of moved through that checklist? Have, have I communicated clearly? And, and if so, if I've communicated clearly and my friends agree upon where, whatever I'm asking of them, then that saves a lot of like disappointment and frustration. Yeah. That when, if I can move through that checklist and, and know, okay, I've agreed upon, or I've communicated this and they've agreed upon it. And, it just saves a lot of disappointment and, and frustration. So, yeah. So, what do you think are some healthy expectations to have of your friends? Yeah, I think, I think expectations look really different depending on who your friends are, right? So, I don't expect the same thing of my faraway friends as I do of my local friends, and I mm-hmm. don't expect the same thing of like my main gals the way that I would expect something of a um, 
new friend that I'm just getting to know. Right. And so I think one expectation you asked what's healthy, but I'll just go kind of start with what is for sure not healthy mm. is expecting one of your friends to be your everything. Mm. You know, I think that it's really easy I see this a lot in college girls. I saw this in myself in college and, and a lot of my friends and I see it in my friends. Now we're all in our, in our upper twenties and it's still a battle to, to not put our hope in people. Right. Mm, and so I think amen. especially with friendship and the, um, it seems like everybody's kind of after like, you know, Grey's Anatomy kind of maybe instilled this in us, but everybody's kind of looking for their person or mm -hmm. their best friend, this yeah. like magical unicorn of a friend that just understands everything about you and totally gets it. And they're just like your person. And I think that, I don't know if it is Hollywood or yeah, television or, um, just the like kind of comparison, social media, culture, all the things where we're all just kind of looking to put our hope in one person. And mm -hmm. we just know that that is always going to fail us, you know, whether it is a best friend or a boyfriend or one day a husband or your kids, like people will fail. The only person that can hold our everything is the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so when we kind of get into this space of starting to have the expectation that um, someone is our everything and they, that we need to do everything together, that they need to know each and everything that I have to know each and everything about them, mm -hmm. that we can't do things apart from one another. That is when we're kind of getting into really dangerous territory and really unhealthy expectations and friendship. I mean, that's like, we're like heading down the path of codependency, mm -hmm. which is just really dangerous. And I think is like definitely a fear or like something to caution or be aware of, um, as a female in general, but definitely like in this season of life where maybe you're not married yet and you just are like really looking to find a lot of things in our friends where we're relying on our friends for a lot. We need community and those are all good and healthy things, but it can be, um, that can get dangerous and unhealthy when we're trying to put all of our everything into one person. But I think some healthy or healthy expectations for friends um, are, again, like it looks different for every friend, but I think that it's important to kind of go back to that checklist and think through like, okay, am I being realistic? Am I, have I communicated these things? Like I have some friends who I just know, like they're not, phone talkers and they live in different states and I may only hear from them like once a year on my birthday but mm. we can just pick up where we left off and I don't have the expectation that they're going to call me every every month or every week and if I did I would be disappointed a lot of the time but I know that they are that they love me mm -hmm. we're just we're just kind of living our own lives. And whenever we, when our paths do intersect on a birthday or at a wedding or whatever, that we can just kind of pick up where we left off. And I'm not just like secretly stewing inside of like, Oh my gosh, they haven't called me in a year or, you know, because I just have a healthy expectation that like, 
where they're, they're kind of free and off the hook. I think a lot of times when thinking about like what are realistic and healthy expectations for friendship, it's, Mm -hmm. it's important to think through like, okay, am I the kind of friend that I want my friends to be? Mm -hmm. And that is a good place to start. And then I think too, a lot of the times when I think about, okay, what's a healthy expectation for my friends is I want to be a friend that is easy. Mm -hmm. I want to be a friend that is, um, yeah, that frees my friends up to, that there's just a lot, like healthy expectations in friendship, I think require just a lot of grace and like quick forgiveness because nobody's yeah. perfect. And so I want to be the kind of friend that isn't just like always holding a grudge or always disappointed in someone because they haven't called me or they didn't show up for that thing or they didn't ask me about the important news I told them about last time we hung out but um Mm -hmm. I want to just be quick to extend grace because I also want to be extended grace Mm -hmm. I know that I'm really busy and I have a lot of different pieces of my life that I'm trying to balance and and juggle and um a lot of my friends do not live in the city that I live in and so when I first moved it was easy to kind of continue to stay in touch with all these different people and call them once a week. And Mm. as I've really gotten grounded and rooted in Bryan College Station at my, you know, I have a lot of friends here now, which is so such a gift from the Lord, but Mm. I can't keep up as regularly with everybody in all the different places. And so I am grateful for my friends that extend me grace and know like, okay, Hey, I haven't heard from Marissa in a week or two weeks, but that doesn't mean that she's mad at me or that she doesn't love me or mm-hmm. that something's happened, but she's just living her life. And I trust that whenever we do pick up the phone, we can pick up where we left off. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the expectation I want to have for my friends is that I want to, I want to try to be the friend that I want them to be to me. And I want to be an easy friend that mm-hmm. is quick to extend grace, quick to forgive and quick to pick up where we left off. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's, a red flag when when maybe you do have that expectation of you know why is this friend not calling me like once a month like I'm so confused do they hate me what's going on you know what happens when you get to that place when you're having this expectation of somebody do you think that they should be expressing that to the other person and and saying okay is this something that um you agree we should be doing kind of like, you know, going through the unrealistic agreed upon all of those things. Like let's take that scenario, like where you have, you know, an expectation of a friend and they're not meeting it. Yeah. I think if you have an expectation of a friend and they're not meeting it, if you're left disappointed for some reason, I think first asking yourself like, okay, Hey, did we say that we were going to call each other once a week? Okay. Yeah. Or once a month. Okay. Yeah, we did. And she agreed upon that. I spoke it. That's pretty realistic. She lives in California. I live in Texas. We talked about how we wanted to try to talk once a month and she's hasn't called me and that's frustrating to me or sad. I think it's okay to pick up the phone and say, Hey, I miss you. And I just, I've been a little bit disappointed or a little bit upset because this was the expectation that we set together. And so what does it look, do we need to reevaluate that expectation or do you think that that's something that we can continue to do? Um, by talking once a week, maybe we can set a, a phone date 
you know, the first Friday of every month, like make it solid. And maybe that's a way to, to make it a little bit easier. But I think if you go through the checklist and realize like, man, I'm really disappointed that she hasn't called me this month. Like, I think that my expectation is that she would call me at least once a month. But if you haven't said that to her, she doesn't know. So Mm -hmm. I think it's again, okay to pick up the phone and say, Hey, I've been like kind of frustrated that we haven't been talking, but I realize I haven't set a clear expectation. Do you think it would be okay? Or do you think you can commit to, to chatting once a month, you know, again, like setting a time or setting a, making the expectation really clear is really helpful. So if that's like, okay, let's agree to talk three o'clock first Friday of every month. We can both set an alarm in our phone. What do you think about that? And if she agrees, great move forward and then that's avoiding disappointment in the future so i think it i think going back to that checklist and really evaluating like did i do all of those things and if so that is a valid expectation that i can engage and say hey i've been hurt or disappointed and this is why but mm-hmm. then if i go through the checklist and i realize i haven't done all of those things then it's really not a valid expectation to have and i don't really have the right to be disappointed because she doesn't know that i'm expecting that mm-hmm. so then i can call and clearly communicate the expectation and see if we can find something that we can agree upon. Yeah, that's good. And I think it starts to become unhealthy. And you talked about this a little bit already. But if you're having an expectation of a friend to call you every single day or to know, you know, have some sort of check in every day, um, to have to know what's going on, then that's kind of a red flag of a codependent relationship, right? Because if you're needing that person to reach out to you in order to feel satisfied or worthy or whatever it is, then that's when you've made an idol of that person, right? And Yeah, so, I think that that would be a definite, like, true red flag of if I'm finding my worth or identity or my value and whether or not this friend is pursuing me daily or if I'm um, not making plans because I'm waiting to figure out what her plans are going to be or if I am uh, not wanting to hang out with anybody but her I think those mm-hmm. are all like something's gone awry there it's it's moved from not just a man she's my main gal and I just wanted her to be checking in on me but like wow I'm like really finding some identity in her and in this friendship and and this is starting to look like an idol Mm-hmm. that's a great point yeah so what would you maybe say to somebody who is like oh no I think that's me uh I feel like maybe I have put a lot of worth and value into a person and I am having some really unhealthy expectations of them what would you maybe say and point them to I think the first thing I would say is you know yeah t- taking a step back and a reevaluating your expectations of that friend. And I think the realistic part of the checklist is really important because it is like, I don't know if there is a friend in my life that I talk to every single day. Um, I have a lot of friends, a lot of best friends, like dear, dear, dear friends to me. And I, I don't think that I'm, I don't talk to my mom every day. Like I'm a really bad texter. A lot of that's on me, but, (laughs) but I just, there's just not a person in my life where I'm communicating with them every 
single day. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know that that's like for a lot of people that that is a realistic thing, but, um, you know, I think taking a step back and really saying like, okay, have I, the expectations that I'm putting on that person or the like worth that I'm finding in them or the disappointment that I'm feeling because they've let me down. Mm -hmm. If those things are really overwhelming and evident, like, oh, I'm like so disappointed every time she's hanging out with somebody that's not me or I get really jealous Mm -hmm. or when she's, yeah, when she makes new friends or I am so like, I get really down on myself when she doesn't want to hang out. I think that taking a step back and and really paying attention, being self-aware of your feelings and that are really important. And then I would say figuring out what does it look like to create some healthy boundaries? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to invite other people into y'all's relationship and asking for some accountability there? And I think the next thing that I would say is really inviting the Lord into that relationship and into the places of your disappointment and your, um, or your jealousy or your sadness or whatever it is that you're feeling in regards to this friend and really asking the Lord to remind you that he is enough Mm -hmm. and that he is the one that does know everything about you, that he is the one that is faithful to the end, that he is the one that can hold your everything. And there is not a human being on this planet that can Mm -hmm. satisfy or know you as intimately or meet your every need the way that the Lord can. And then, so I think like really Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, kind of surrendering that relationship or that idol and asking the Lord to come in and redeem not only that space of your life, but also remind you that he alone is enough Mm -hmm. and satisfying more than any friendship that we have. Yes, I totally agree. And as somebody who has been in that space and walked through that, uh, you know, something that I've really learned is that we as human beings are just created for connection. We we desire connection and it was that was meant for us to connect with the Father. But a lot of times our connection... Uh, can become too far with other people. And we crave that from a person more than we crave it from the Lord. And that's when it becomes really, really hard is when um, when we start to idolize, right, a person over our creator. Because it's okay to want to connect with people. Like that's, that's, that is what we are created for, right, is connection. Absolutely. And it's totally okay to to want to have good friends and to connect with people and to have um, similar likes and different things like that. But it just, when it becomes something that we need more than we need Jesus is when it becomes, goes really south, right? Absolutely. And, you know, God created us to be in a relationship with him and then to be in a relationship with others. Him, first and foremost, and primarily. But we, I mean, we see that in the garden that like from in the very beginning of scripture, when God creates the earth, Adam is in relationship with God. He's in companionship with God. And then he added, God gives Adam Eve Mm -hmm. to be as another companion. And we are meant to live in community without a doubt, but it, 
community and people are no substitute for Mm. the all satisfying like love and connection with the father agreed okay so let's jump into I'd like to talk about what it looks like to have accountability between friends so this is jumping to what what does it look like to have a biblical healthy friendship um and one of those things that I think the Lord really calls us to is is to being accountable with your friends. So what does that look like? Um, I think that good accountability looks like giving your friends access to the messy and broken places in your life Mm. and also welcoming their feedback Mm. into those places Yeah, and being and vice versa. So like inviting them to enter in with you and then in turn entering in with them to their mm-hmm. messy and broken places. And I think um, we got to remember, I think we all love the idea of accountability as an idea. And then when we're actually doing it, we're like, whoa, you're like getting up in my business. And part of real deep friendship, part of accountability, part of biblical community is being accountable to one another and mm-hmm. is letting people into the messy spaces so giving them access to see those things, but then also giving them access to lovingly confront us or remind us or spur us on um, in the fight towards holiness. I think that good accountability looks like being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And again, probably not just with one person, but with a group of people or multiple friends that know all of your broken and messy places and I'm not saying like all of the world and all of your Instagram following should (laughs) should know every nitty-gritty piece of your past and um you know every sin struggle that you have but your nearest and dearest deepest community Mm -hmm. should be like you should give them access to those places and they should have eyes to see what's going on in your life and be able to, to comment or, um, speak into or lovingly remind, um, or lovingly call you higher. I think we Mm got to remember that it, it is loving for our friends to follow up with us about things that we're struggling with or, Mm -hmm. um, ask about our family. If we've told them that, there's something broken going on there. Um, I don't, it, they're, I mean, it's obviously all in the way that they do it, right. We want them to do it in a loving and gracious way as well. But, Mm -hmm. but I think that it is, there are a lot of different things about when you're really doing community with people and doing accountability with people. I think it's like easy to like one time confess the hard things And then sometimes as the friend that's receiving that, not knowing like, okay, they said that, but like, are they giving me access to like, ask ask them about it? Yeah. How is that thing going? Or how is that, um, you know, how is your, your relationship with your mom? How, um, is your relationship with food, whatever it is that like was said that one time, I think as a friend, it can be like, Oh, I don't, that's kind of awkward. I don't know how to engage, but like Mm -hmm. I, if I have said it and confessed it to you as my friend, I've given you access to ask me Mm -hmm. to follow up, to see how things are going. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think that, you know, sin is messy and it is hard and it is uncomfortable sometimes. And so it's easy to just like kind of want to leave the things there in that one conversation and never bring them up again. And Mm -hmm. I mean, even with one of my dearest friends, I think it was last summer, we, we were chatting about a conversation that we had had two years prior where both of us confessed a lot of junk and then neither one of us like really followed back up with the other to ask how either of those things are going. And I just remember just apologizing to her and just saying like, Hey, it was not loving of me to like leave that there and to Mm -hmm. not engage you again because I was uncomfortable or because I thought you might be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I love you and I care about you. And the most loving thing that I can do is to ask you how, how is this going? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what accountability looks like. Like not being afraid to enter into the messy and broken places and keep entering in and keep being in the fight together and keep reminding one another that this is a worthy fight to be in. Mm -hmm. I like that you said it needs to be kind of a consistent battle alongside of each other, right? Because, you know, that initial confession is really, really hard for the person that is confessing. And the most loving thing that you can do as somebody that's receiving that is to ask questions, I think. I sat in a lot of really awkward small groups, um situations in college where people were sharing their stories and then we you know everybody was just like okay let's move on you know and I look back and I'm like man that was just not a good choice because that just totally leaves the enemy so much room to first go to that person and say you know people feel uncomfortable by your story or whatever it is and then not continuing to fight alongside um, whoever that is. So I think one of the most loving things we can do for a friend is to just continue to ask questions, even if it's uncomfortable and you, maybe it's, you don't understand what it is, but I think that it's, it, it shows so much, um, love and grace just to want to understand somebody's struggles, um, and to continue to, to ask them about it and say, Hey, how is that going? So I really like that. And, 100% agree that it needs to be a constant thing, not just a one conversation one day and then it never gets talked about again because that's not accountability. Yeah, and the point of accountability is to hold each other accountable, right? So we want to walk in righteousness and Mm -hmm. we want to flee from temptation and sin. And if that requires like fleeing from temptation and sin is a lifelong battle on this side of glory. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we need friends. And that's why we do community. That's why we do accountability because we're letting other people in and saying, Hey, help me mm-hmm. flee from this and walk towards holiness and righteousness and being sanctified to look more like Jesus Mm-hmm. And that is a, an ongoing battle, an ongoing fight. And sometimes we need the people around us to like literally pick up our arms and carry us and say, hey, we're going to keep fighting this together. And the initial confession or initial realization of sin is so important and so powerful. And I really do believe that by the power of the spirit that that can be like a the Lord can find or can bring like true healing, deliverance, whatever, from whatever that thing is, like immediately. Mm -hmm. But I think more often than not, 
we've got a long battle ahead mm-hmm. of us and we need good accountability and great friends that are willing to walk alongside us, even if they don't understand. And I think if you're a friend in a situation where another friend is struggling with something that you don't struggle with yourself or that you don't understand, I think asking questions is a huge thing. And I think remembering too, that like, Hey, sin is sin is sin. So my Mm -hmm. sin may look different than your sin. And I may not understand the struggle that you're walking in, but I can still enter in with you. And I can still remind you that Jesus is best always. Mm -hmm. I totally, And I can find older and wiser women that maybe do understand better than me. That can help me understand whatever my friend is walking through in different ways to, to love her in the midst of her fight, Mm -hmm. you know, so don't count yourself out if it's not something that you understand or enter in with. And so don't count yourself out. Yeah, that's good because truly you're a messenger of the Lord. Yeah. He's using you as an instrument. And so he does use our experiences, but mostly he just asks us to be um, his messenger. And so as long as you're, listening to him and asking him to give you words to people, then you can't go wrong. Right. So yeah, that's good. Okay. So this is a topic that, you know, I've struggled with in the past or still struggle with. And I know a lot of my friends also of just what it looks like to be friends with people that are non-believers or being friends with people who maybe know Uh, and believe truth and um, maybe believe everything about the Lord, but aren't necessarily following him um, and what it looks like to be friends with them. So a lot of people have been asking me, you know, is it okay to be friends with people who aren't believers or that aren't necessarily following the Lord? So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, my first thing to that I would say is absolutely, yes, we should have friends that are not believers or that don't, um, whose lives don't look exactly like ours or whose beliefs don't look exactly like ours. And are we supposed to conform to what they believe and the way that they live their lives as believers? No, but we are meant to be salt and light in Mm -hmm. broken places. And so I would say if you are a believer and you can't think of any non-believer friends, you need to go find some. Yeah. You need to go put yourself in a situation where you can be around lost people because that is part of the great commission. Go and go ye therefore. Yes. And tell others about the gospel. And so, and to be friends with non-believers and, or, you know, maybe people that are claiming to be believers, but aren't really following the Lord. That doesn't mean you're just like going to hang out with them, get to know them, share the gospel and then bounce. Right. No, you're going in and, and you don't even necessarily have to go in and just like, I don't, I would say that probably not the best approach is to just find a non-believing friend and immediately smack them upside the head with the gospel. That's not a very attractive (laughs) picture of who Jesus is, but I think loving them the way that Christ loved people speaks so loudly Mm -hmm. to who God is and who you have been transformed to be. And so I think absolutely we are called to love and befriend non-believers. Look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. He was friends with sinners always. Mm -hmm. He never hung out with the religious leaders. When was he ever hanging out with them? Ever. You know, like 
And he, so, but I mean, but even, but even still he engaged with the Pharisees. Like Mm -hmm. he didn't just push them aside. He did enter in and in multiple occasions with the Pharisees, but yeah, he ate with the sinners. He hung out with them. He walked towards Mm -hmm. the broken, the people that, that were outcasts and, um, that were sick. I mean, people, the people that other people were walking away from Jesus walked towards. Mm. And so absolutely we are meant to be friends with non-believers. Are they supposed to be our very best friends and the people that are encouraging us in our faith and in our fight against sin and our pursuit of holiness and sanctification? No, because mm that's not where they are right now. So you, we need to be friends with non-believers. And then we also need to have like-minded believers mm-hmm. surrounding us that are in the fight with us, that are encouraging us towards the Lord. And I mean, that is like, we need both mm-hmm. and we've got to hold both. And I would say that the people that um, are our nearest and dearest, um, that it that it is helpful for them to be believers, absolutely. But does that mm-hmm. mean that you can't have any friends that are, or even really close friends, best friends that are non-believers? No, but you you need both. Mm-hmm. We need both. Yes, I one hundred percent agree. I mean, that is our call, like you said, as believers to um, be in constant communion and relationship with people who are non-believers and not in a way that's like, Hey, I want to be your friend so that eventually you'll come to know the Lord. I mean, that's something that we can hope, but you know, it always is a relationship first, not just, Hey, let's hang out and let me just, um, shove the Bible down your throat, you know, And and then just move on. Yeah, no, you're, we're building relationship. We're meeting people where they're at and we're Mm -hmm. showing them, the gospel because those lives. Yeah. Cause those conversations are always going to come up eventually. I mean, uh, they don't have to be forced. They should not be forced, right. To talk about things, um, that have to do with the Lord. And so just yeah, being an I, example is in, in how you, um, act, um, and the things you say will be a reflection of him. 100%. I think if you're being salt and light, to the world and the people around you, there will most definitely be questions of like, Mm -hmm. why did you react that way in that situation? I would Mm -hmm. have been so mad or I would have done this. Why did, why were you patient? Mm -hmm. Why were you kind? But yeah, I think if you're being salt and light to the world around you, there will most definitely be questions about how you're living your life and Mm -hmm. what, and the Lord will come up and you will have opportunities to naturally get to share about the hope that you have found in Jesus Mm -hmm. without trying to beat someone over the head with the Bible. And so, yes, love non-believers and love them the way that Jesus did and live your life as salt and light. And um, obviously the hope is that they would come to know the Lord as well. Um, But you're not there just to evangelize them and move on. You're there Mm -hmm. to build a relationship. Yeah, that's good. Okay, another one that I want to talk about is the friendship between guys and girls. Uh, this is one, this is one that, you know, I honestly, I've been really passionate about, um, and seeing my friend, a lot of my friends growing up make a lot of mistakes with this one of uh, my, honestly, my standpoint is there's, there's a lot of conversations that need to be 
just between girls. But can you kind of speak into can guys and girls be best friends uh, and do that without having feelings for each other? Yeah. Oh, this question. Um, (laughs) I think that there is obviously exceptions to every rule, but I would say like a general blanket overwhelming. No, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think speaking from personal experience, you know, it is really difficult to have a boy that is your best friend, like the very best know all the things about you kind of friend and for one of you to not develop feelings for the other especially mm-hmm. if you're both following Jesus mm-hmm. you know I think that like the more that you are like intimately letting someone into your life that is someone that you could also potentially be attracted to or vice versa that that can just get really messy really quickly and then I think too like when one of you get into, uh, you know, if you're like, oh, well, my guy friend is, or my, you know, my best friend's a guy, but he's dating someone. So, like, it's not going to be an mm. issue. If he's dating someone, it's probably not appropriate. Or and certainly if he's married or if you're married or you're dating someone, whatever. It's probably not. It is not appropriate <laughs> for y'all to be best friends. <laughs> that, that just it, out of respect for whoever they're dating certainly out of respect for whoever they're married to I mean it's just really complicated and so I would say that you can definitely have good guy friends that are friends Mm -hmm. and but I think like having a best friend of the opposite sex who just knows everything about your life and about your relationship with the Lord and anything that you would tell your girlfriend, Mm -hmm. like just if they have open access to that, I think it can, I think it can get messy for someone. Do you think the boundary line is like anything that would be intimate enough to tell like your best girlfriend, you should not be telling guys like what's the line there? Yeah. I think the line is, uh, hard I think I would say use wisdom and discernment and I think yeah I think there there are certain conversations that are just really meant for the same sex like whether that is like intimate details about your relationship with the Lord intimate details about sin struggle um you know I think that exercising wisdom and discernment here is really important. And like, you can't just draw this distinct, like, okay, these are the things that's okay to tell my guy friends. These are the things that aren't, but I think making sure you're surrounding yourself with some really solid girls that are holding you accountable in the nitty gritty things of your life and letting your relationships with boys um just exercising a lot of wisdom and discernment there and so that doesn't that doesn't give a lot of uh clear-cut rules but I think like again you know if you are I think you're maybe entering dangerous territory if yeah your best guy friend knows everything that the Lord is teaching you right now or you know everything about vice versa Mm -hmm. or uh, you know, like I pray often with my dearest girlfriends 
I would say that's like a really intimate space to invite a guy friend into. Um, It's one thing if like we're on a ministry team together and we're in a group and, um, but I'm not like praying with my guy friends. That's something that I do with my girlfriends. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, then there's like, again, exceptions to every rule. If I was like with one of my guy friends and we found out something tragic about his family, on the way to lunch, I would absolutely pray for him in that instance, but we're not like intimately praying about the intimate mm-hmm. pieces of our lives together. It's really different, you know? Yeah. And totally. I think that, uh, yeah. So I think like, even just like looking at the, I'm not spending a ton of time one-on-one with boys that I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. And so that's like another place to exercise wisdom and discernment and I think another space where that can get confusing where you know you you may not be the one like you may be like oh I'm totally I'm not interested in you at all I'm not attracted to you at all like you're just my guy friend and I'm telling you all these things about my life and is this so safe because I don't have any feelings for you but he could be like over there secretly pining and Mm -hmm. like hoping that y'all end up together and he's just waiting for the for the space where you're going to move him from the Mm. friend zone to to realizing (laughs) that he's everything you ever wanted in the in your husband so I don't know I just think it's yeah just avoiding kind of putting yourself in those situations in general I think is wise yeah that's good so let's say you're in a relationship how do you maintain friendships while having that boyfriend um that's a great question I think you gotta fight to prioritize time with all of your people and figuring out kind of, you know, what, where do you want to spend your time? So I think being a good steward of time is really important. And I also think being a person of your word and is really important. So letting your yes be yes and your no be no. So if you're telling your girlfriends, Hey, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to be at dinner with y'all tonight. And then you blow them off for your boyfriend. That's really hurtful. And that's, not honoring to the Lord in general because you're not being true to your word and letting your word be your integrity. And so um, I think really trying to prioritize the different things going on in your life. So if you're a student or you have a job, like obviously that's a priority you're in a relationship, you have a boyfriend, that's a priority and your friendships are a priority and serving is a priority. Church is a priority, whatever, like figuring out all of whatever your priorities are and being intentional to make time for all of those things. And mm-hmm. so I think like I'm a routine girl. I think that having routine, setting aside specific time for specific people is that are like my dearest, nearest and dearest friends is really helpful for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I try to Sabbath on Fridays and so does one of my best girlfriends. And so we try to touch base at least once on Friday, whether that's like having a meal together or going to do something fun. I kind of know that I'm going to see Paige on Fridays mm-hmm. um, more often than not. And so like if I was also in a relationship wanting to like set aside time for my boyfriend making sure that we get time together, but also that I'm still loving and honoring and pursuing my relationships with my girlfriends would be important to me as well. So I think it really comes down to being a good steward of your time and recognizing your priorities. Mm -hmm. And not putting all of that on a boy again, like, yeah, again, I think it's the same with dating. 
same with the codependency conversation. Like nobody should hold, you know, all of our hope and, and all of our time. Like, even when we, obviously when, if you're married, you are, your husband is your first priority and you're going to talk to him every day in a way that is different than a best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still need dear relationships with girlfriends and you're, I mean, I'm not married, but I get to do life with a lot of friends that are married. And I know that just like any other relationship, nobody is perfect and Mm -hmm. nobody is meeting everybody's needs all of the time. And it is really important to, to have in both hands, whatever, you know, boyfriend, husband, whoever over here, while also having your gals that, that know you and that love you and that are also encouraging you towards the Lord and towards loving your husband or your boyfriend or whoever better that you, 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 you need all the people. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. So, um, one last thing over the topic of friendship. Uh, when do you think it's time to walk away from a friendship? When does it become unhealthy in something that you need to walk away from? Yeah, I think that that is a hard question. That's also requires a lot of wisdom and discernment, and and inviting the Lord into that conversation and in that space. But I think any friendship that's harmful mm-hmm. to you, um, most certainly any kind of friendship that is like abusive or or manipulative, um, I would say is a friendship that that you don't need in your life. Um, but any friendship that is like that is harmful or, um, you know, if you, if you have a friend that you're like continually just always disappointing, like can never make happy. And, um, that is like a really exhausting friend Mm -hmm. to have. And, and it sounds like you're an exhausting friend for them as well. I think that that, I don't necessarily know if you need to like bounce from that relationship, but I think it would be important to have a conversation with that friend, take, mm-hmm. maybe take a step back, have a conversation with that friend and let them know like, Hey, I feel like I'm always disappointing you. Can, can we talk about expectations? Can we like invite that expectation piece into y'all's conversation and kind of figure out some healthy expectations to agree upon? Um, I think a friendship that is maybe like causing you the hope, right. In any relationship, most certainly in marriage is that two people are better glorifying the Lord together and apart. But I think in friendship amongst believers, that is important as well. And I think if you're in a relationship where someone is influencing you negatively or to do things that are not true to your character or who Mm -hmm. you want to be, that would probably be a friendship that needs to be reevaluated and, Mm -hmm. Um, so I think just exercising a lot of wisdom and discernment. And again, I think that doesn't mean like, obviously non-believers aren't living the same life as you, but it, you can still be friends with them and not do necessarily or value the things that they're doing. And so I think that, um, or being aware of friendships that are either harmful or influencing you negatively to be or do things that are not true to who you are, or who the Lord has called you to be, or our friendships that I would consider reevaluating for sure. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, you know, everybody has their own like situations and, and 
each one I think you just have to seek wise counsel in if you have a situation where you're like I don't know is if is this healthy is it not I'm not really sure just to seek wise counsel uh, to really ask the Lord to um, speak to your heart in that area and uh, what you should be doing and so uh, absolutely and I think the last thing I would say about that is that we friendships like any other relationships have seasons and so there are like you may be in a friendship that's like difficult right now that that is hard but that doesn't mean that you like should just leave that friend behind Mm -hmm. you know like friendship requires long suffering and patience and grace and there have been seasons in my life I mean this past summer in particular where I was just really overwhelmed by a lot of different things and I was probably a really bad friend to a lot of people and or a friend that was just really consumed with themselves and I'm so grateful. I mean, just it almost like anytime I was with my friends, we were just talking about the same things and in my life and whatever. Um, and I maybe wasn't asking a ton about their life. And I'm so grateful that that they were patient with me through that mm-hmm. and that they loved me in the midst of a really difficult season. And they knew like, hey, in this season, we got to really encourage Marissa and we got to listen to her even if she's telling the same story 25 times and (laughs) we got to just be patient and and love her in the midst of a hard spot and they didn't leave me behind they didn't turn away they you know continued to enter in even when it was tricky and and we're not in that season anymore and I feel like I'm a much better friend than I was Mm -hmm. during those months and um I think just being aware and there's like a difference in like a friendship that's difficult and a friend that's in a hard space than a friendship that is hurting me or harmful to me or is um, causing me to compromise who I am. Mm-hmm. So wisdom, discernment, wise counsel, all those are really important. Yeah, that's good. Um, I like that you said, you know, just because it's difficult doesn't mean you need to walk away. That's probably the time that your friend needs you most, right? Is if it is, you know, something that's difficult to walk alongside them in. So, um, what is one thing you wish 20-somethings could understand around the topic of friendship? There's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm, this is I always got... trippy. Like, one thing. It's hard to yeah. pick just one thing. Yeah. So, I'm going to pick two. <laughs> Pick two combo at Panera? Uh, yeah, pick two combo. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so the first thing I would say is in your 20s for friendship, it is just really important to show up. So mm-hmm. especially like if you're in a season where you just graduated and you're moving to a new place and like you're trying to make new friends, you got to show up. You got to say yes. You, you get invited to a happy hour at work or that singles group at church, like it may seem super awkward or uncomfortable to you, but like you just got to put yourself out there and show up. Mm. And so it is worth showing up and, and keep, keep showing up. And eventually somebody, something, a friend or more are going to stick. And so put yourself Mm -hmm. out there is what I would say. The first thing. And the second thing that I would say is just deep friendship is messy, Mm. but it is worth it it's a gift from the Lord and it is like a worthy, a worthy thing to go deep with 
your people, even though that is like opening them up to and exposing them to your own brokenness and you're being exposed to theirs. And that does make things more complicated and more difficult sometimes. And different seasons of friendship, like I just said, can be difficult, but it is worth it to just be in the fight with people and to not just like live on the shallow surface of small talk, but to really be vulnerable and go deep with, with your close, close friends. It's worth it. Mm, I love that. Love it. Are there any resources you could put in our hands around the topic of uh, friendship? Yeah, I think um, I saw this question and I was trying to think about it. I do think that Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book is great for anybody that's trying to just gain their a little bit more self-awareness in themselves. I think also like that being more self-aware of who you are and how you operate and what you need and what you're expecting and being able to communicate those things in healthy ways Mm-hmm. helps you be a better friend. So self-awareness is important. I think the Enneagram, pressing into the Enneagram, learning about you, who you are, who God made you to be, and who your friends are, and how God wired them, and how those different things interact together. If you mm-hmm. have no idea what the Enneagram is and you're listening, it's a um, like nine types personality test that is intended to give you a better understanding of who you are and the way you're wired and how you operate in health or in stress. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know who you are. And again, it's important to know who your friends are and how God made them to be and um, pressing in to, it has really helped me a ton in understanding what my number is and also what my friends numbers are what are so you? that I can love them better. I'm a three. I'm the achiever. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I don't know yet. I want to, I took like a, one of the free ones online and I really okay. don't think it was accurate. I think it said I was a seven. I okay. I get, I can maybe see that. I think the best way to learn about who you are um, and kind of discover your number is to just start doing some research, not necessarily taking a test, but really read or listen to, there's some great podcast resources as well out there. All you got to do is like Google the Enneagram. But um, I think reading about the different types and the one that kind of makes you like the most uncomfortable or like cringe the most is typically a really good indicator of like, oh, that one feels like I'm reading my mail and (laughs) that is probably me. And so that's been really helpful. But there's a great book called The Road Back to You, which breaks down the the nine types. Okay. And so that's helpful. And then there's a new book by – The Road Back to You was written by two people – um, and the female that wrote it, Suzanne Stubiel, just wrote a new book, and I cannot remember what it's called. So you'll have to look it up. Um, but it is talking about how all of the different types relate to one another. Oh, cool. So her name is Suzanne, Suzanne Stubiel. Okay. And so I can't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. That's fine. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. No worries. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's good. Did you oh, have... and the last thing I would say is that uh, if, if – the codependency stuff like rings a a bell in you at all. A great resource for that is Kelly Needham's website. Mm -hmm. She's done a whole series on friendship gone wrong and what it looks like to like really enter into codependency and how to combat that and how to know if you're in the middle of it. And so if if that, you know, kind of struck a bell for anyone, I think. Yeah, that's, 
that's how I kind of first realized that I was in a codependent relationship as I read those and I was sick to my stomach and the things that she was saying were like symptoms of it. Um, I was like, oh, that's me. So uh, if if you feel like you're in that, that's a great resource that I'll also put in the show notes. Um, it's just part of her blog uh, series of blog posts. And yeah, I like that you mentioned that. That's a good one. Uh, and lastly, what is refreshing you these days, Marissa? Oh man, I this is I've been thinking about this question for a long time too. I think honestly, what is refreshing me right now is I'm in the a season where the Lord is teaching me a lot about stewardship mm. of a lot of things, but most certainly my body and just recognizing that I've been given one life and I want to serve the Lord for the rest of my days. I don't want to. I don't want my body to hinder me in any way. And so I really want to steward it well. Mm. And so moving my body has really been refreshing me lately. So I've just got recently gotten super into orange theory and I love it. And I just love going around, like going on walks around my neighborhood. That's been really refreshing. And I just love the area that I live in. And anytime I'm walking around outside, I run into people that I know or go on walks with girls that I know. And so it's been really that's been really fun and then kind of in in tandem with that I mentioned it at the beginning but I just recently jumped in with beauty counter which is a safer cosmetic and skincare company and they have done a lot of hard work to be a to offer a an option for skincare and cosmetics that is both high performing, like works really well and is really safe for Mm -hmm. your body. And so learning about, um, just the beauty industry in general has been really fun and, and refreshing. And then I just like love playing with makeup and so beauty counter and, and going on this, this, uh, journey has been really, really fun. I love that. It's been cool to watch your Instagram videos. I love them. Your little (laughs) tutorials. Thanks. Thanks. I'm feels very vulnerable, but yeah, everybody go follow Marissa so you can see her put on makeup and her Instagram (laughs) stories. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, it's been really fun, my friend. Thank you so much for coming and talking about friendship. I think this is going to resonate really well with a lot of people and um, I just love your wisdom. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I just loved getting to spend time with you. Always, my friend.